This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hey, dog lovers. Welcome to Dr. Cat, Gone to the Dogs. I'm your host, Dr. Catherine Prim, and I'm a small animal veterinarian and dog owner and lover. So I want to talk with you today about something that is a little more serious. The word even inspires fear, and that is cancer. And I think that we tend to fear things that we don't know about. I think we're afraid of the unknown, and I think that knowledge is power. So today, my guest is Dr. Sue Ettinger. She is a veterinary oncologist, and she's going to take the time out of her day to sort of teach us some things about cancer so that we can have the knowledge to not be afraid of the C word. So we'll be right back with Dr. Sue Ettinger right after these messages. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Dynavite is nutrition. Pick up two bottles of Lickochops. Get the third bottle free. New improved Lickochops with omega-3, omega-6, vitamin E. And now, six extra direct-fed microbials. Even better for the digestive tract and immune system. Try Lickochops. Buy two, get one free. At Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Dr. Cat Gone to the Dogs. And today I have Dr. Sue Ettinger. Hey, Dr. Sue. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Well, I'm excited to have you because in general practice, unfortunately, I do see cancer a little a little bit more than I wish I did, but I think that you have some valuable information that my dog lovers could really benefit from to give them kind of a mental control over the concept of cancer. So first I want to, I want to talk about, you know, what is cancer, Dr. Sue? Cancer is, I mean, it's a loaded word. I mean, without even getting into the medical parts of it, I think, unfortunately, when we hear the C word, most of us have some experience with it, probably in a family member or a friend. And the problem with cancer is it's a huge word for so many different diseases. And, you know, there's brain cancer and breast cancer and prostate cancer. And each one is its own individual disease. And then breast cancer in people is very different than breast cancer in dog. So, you know, and the other big issue, again, without getting into the medical aspect of it, is often when we hear about a famous person dying of cancer, that's all we hear. Somebody died of cancer. We may not know that that person had cancer for seven years and they successfully underwent many different treatments and then relapsed and succumbed to their cancer. So I think when we hear the cancer word, we you know reasonably get so concerned and often worry that our pet is going to be dying right away. I completely agree. I think that just saying the word, people don't hear the word cancer. People hear the word death. Exactly. And so, so that's, that's why we're here. <laughs> exactly. So how many types of cancer overall do you see in dogs? Oh my goodness. I would say too many to count. I mean, you know, I think 
there's the 10 common cancers, and I could probably break it down to the five more common cancers that we see. But, you know, there's over 50 different cancers. I mean, every once in a while, I'll see, you know, and I'm a cancer specialist. So all I see in practice are dogs and cats with cancer. So unlike you, you, you see, you're way smarter than I am. You see so many different diseases. You see everything from puppies, right, to all the way till senior and geriatric care. I'm just seeing pets with cancer. But, you know, every once in a while I'll see, oh my goodness, I haven't seen that since my residency, which was over 15 plus years ago. So there are really rare ones and really common ones as well, but so many different types of cancer. And dogs and cats are different. Some of the common ones that we see in dogs are really uncommon in cats. So I think that maybe my dog-loving listeners don't really have a, a frame of reference for what cancer is. So I wanted to kind of paint that picture for them of what cancer means, uh, kind of a normal cell gone wild, or, or you tell us a little bit more about that in your words. Yeah, I think, you know, cancer is when the cells in our body are dividing uncontrollably. And normally our body has checks and balances. It has breaks and our body should be able to detect when a cell is damaged. So, you know, our cells get damaged just by being in the sun or the chemicals that we're exposed to on an everyday basis. But our body should detect that those cells are damaged and it should do something called cell suicide. So it should get rid of those cells in a very natural process. Sometimes these cells get really smart and they figure out how to escape that system and then they can just divide and divide and divide and that's when we get cancer. And then unfortunately, some of those cancers don't stay in that one area where they start. They spread or metastasize and then, you know, they go to other areas of the body as well. So we might see other symptoms then when that happens. So that's kind of one of the things that I wanted to cover for our listeners. So let's take a quick break and come right back with Dr. Sue to talk a little bit more about what some warning signs might be if your dog did have cancer. We'll be right back. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com Welcome back to Dr. Cat Gone to the Dog, and we're still talking with Dr. Sue Ettinger, cancer vet, about cancer in dogs. And I wanted to go over with her maybe some of the things that my dog-loving listeners might be aware of or watch for for their dogs. Dr. Sue, what do you think? Yeah, so there are definitely, you know, the top 10 signs, you know, that you'll see that I think are important to go through. But I think one of the most important ones is to see your vet regularly because, 
you know, one of the important ones is weight loss. And I can tell you from personal experience with one of my cats is I'm a veterinarian and I'm married to another veterinarian. And it can be really hard to notice when our pets are losing weight because we're with them every day and they're fluffy and sometimes it's hard to notice. So, you know, one of the signs of cancer is going to be weight loss. The problem with, and you know this, the problem with the signs of cancer is they're not very specific to cancer, and they can be other chronic diseases as well. It could be heart disease or kidney disease. So as we go through the list, it's important to realize that if you're seeing any of these, it's a good indicator that we should get to the vet for an exam and maybe some testing. So that's where I come in because I am going to know what your pet weighed last time, you know, and your exactly. vet's going to know what the trend is. So, yeah, I agree with you. Even as a veterinarian, when you have multiple pets in your household, like I do, sometimes it's hard to tell if one is maybe eating less, or sometimes it's just hard to tell. So, your veterinarian is important in that role. Yeah. So the one that you mentioned, changes in appetite are really important and weight loss, sometimes weight gain, but usually more commonly it's going to be weight loss. But changes in appetite can be really, really hard because sometimes it's not that the pet is just not eating, but they're not eating what they used to eat or they're a little bit pickier. So those are good signs. And often changes in appetite are the first sign that there's something wrong with our pet. And again, it may not be cancer, so we don't want to freak out, but we definitely, with any disease, and again, you know this, early intervention and diagnosis is going to be the key to success. And cancer, and this is one of the things I want your dog owners that are listening to know, many cancers are very treatable diseases. And I think of treating cancer like treating kidney disease and heart disease. You know, when you diagnose heart disease, you don't often say, hey, we're going to cure your pet of heart disease. You say, this is a chronic disease. You know, we're going to treat it with these medications and we hope to improve not only how long they live, but their quality of life. And that's how I approach treating cancer. I want these pets to live longer and live well. And I treat it like a chronic disease. Well, I think people are afraid of cancer treatment because of the stories they've heard about chemotherapeutics in human beings. And I try to reassure my owners about that. Can you talk a little bit about how dogs tolerate chemotherapy? Yeah. So, and again, that you know, we talked about in the beginning, like when we hear the C word, we think of our human family members or friends or personal experiences with chemotherapy. And dogs and cats are just not people when it comes to chemotherapy. So it's estimated about 80% of dogs will have no side effects going through chemo. So, so much better than people. One of the reasons is we're very preventative. So we take a preventative approach when they go on chemo, meaning they get good nausea medications. We, you know, I send all of my patients home with, you know, diarrhea medication. So we know it's very, you know, we, again, we want to get on these side effects very quickly. But again, in general, a lot of my patients are still able to do agility and go on hikes and do all of their things with their family members on a pretty regular basis. So severe side effects are very uncommon. Hospitalization, due to chemotherapy side effects is also very uncommon. Less than 5% of dogs getting chemotherapy may end up in the hospital for a day or two due to side effects, whether that's vomiting or low white blood cell count. So again, the whole goal is live longer, live well. And that means that again, most days they're feeling pretty normal and able to do their normal activities and really have a good to excellent quality of life. 
See, I'm so glad that I had you here because that is what I wanted to give people hope and just encourage them to go to their veterinarian because it's not all gloom and doom. So something that's really interesting to me in my exam room is I will say something about that I'd like to screen for for cancer or, or what have you. And the client will say, well, I haven't found any bumps or anything on her. I think that maybe people think that cancer is going to be something they're going to see. Could you elaborate on that a little more? Yeah. So you did hit my, you know, one of my things that I really care about. So I am a huge advocate of early detection with lumps or bumps. And you know that I want our pet owners to be feeling their pets monthly for lumps and bumps so we can find those skin and subcutaneous tumors and find them early. So see something, do something. We want to find those lumps when they're about the size of a pea or an M&M. And if they've been there a month, we want to go to their vet and we want to do some testing, a simple test to figure out if it's cancers or not. So that's great. But you are right. There are many other cancers that are internal that the pet owner is not going to be able to see or feel or maybe even to detect anything at home like changes in appetite or weight loss or things like that. So it is really important that you let, you know, allow the veterinarian to do some of those testing, whether it's going to be, I'm a big advocate that from middle age and older, that we do chest x-rays and some sort of abdominal imaging, whether it's x-rays or ultrasound, twice a year. And I know what, you know, our listeners are thinking, twice a year, that's crazy frequent. But think about how, you know, quickly our pets age and that may be like you or me getting something like that every couple of years. So I do think one of the reasons that we want to do that is, again, early detection will often lead to a better prognosis, meaning we can find these things when they're smaller, we can do something about it, and hopefully these pets will have much better prognoses because we're finding them sooner. Well, you know, human beings are supposed to have screenings for cancer. I know um, women are supposed to have yearly screenings for cancer. So that's certainly not beyond the realm of a normal preventive strategy. And so I'm glad that you mentioned that. So can we talk a little bit about maybe some preventative things? I think visiting the veterinarian and having those diagnostics. And and I do a lot of wellness screens on Mm -hmm. pets that Seem to be well, but I, you know, I really want to emphasize that. But what about um, any other strategies that you might can mention about preventing or early diagnosis? I mean, you know, so much I really think goes into the physical exam. You know, one of the four, you know, talking about the different cancers. So lymphoma, which is a cancer of the lymph nodes. I think if we can get owners to feel their dogs, know where their dog's lymph nodes are, that is great. I actually have a YouTube video about where are my dog's lymph nodes. So pet owners can really get involved. I think monthly exams, because I think while it's great that you and I can do our exams maybe twice a year, I think if we can get the pet owners involved in a preventative approach, that's going to be great. But what I was trying to say is that the fourth most common cancer in dogs is mouth tumors. And I, you know, opening up a dog's mouth is not easy, even in the exam. So again, that's going to be something maybe when they're coming in for a dental that we're really opening up their mouth and looking and, you know, trying to find these tumors when they're small, because some of these oral tumors are really frustrating because we find them when they're very big. So again, I think a lot of it goes to a preventative approach and trying to find these, you know, lumps and bumps, whether they're external or internal as soon as we can. Other things that the pet owner can do, just going back to the top 10, you know, signs that the owner can look for, 
things like changes in urination and defecation. And I don't know about you, but a lot of, you know, pet owners, they just send their dogs out to the yard and it's pretty cold in New York right now. And that's not a bad strategy. But again, you know, you want to keep an eye on your pet and, you know, their bodily functions. You know, again, are they able to eat? Are they swallowing okay? Are they coughing? Things like that you want to keep note of. And if you're noticing problems, give your vet a call or bring them in for an exam sooner rather than later. So I think we ought to we ought to do like some kind of national push to attach this screen that we want pet owners to do to the monthly heartworm prevention or the monthly flea and tick. Maybe you give your pets their parasite coverage and then you just do um, you find Dr. Sue's video and you do a check of the lymph nodes and things. I think we need to get this word out there. So I'm so glad you mentioned that. Me too. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I really with my goal with the see something, do something, why wait aspirate program was to get owners. And that's for skin lumps and bumps. But again, I think lymph nodes are part of those lumps and bumps. Mammary or breast cancer are part of those lumps and bumps is that, you know, you and I, again, we don't see these pets as often as our pet owners are with them. And I think that it, it takes a village. So we need to arm our pet owners with the knowledge and the action to be able to be part of their pet's care and be advocates for their pet care. And if they know what they should be looking for, they're going to do it. Okay, dog lovers. So here is the summary. Every month when you're already doing your heartworm prevention or your flea and tick prevention, you need to feel all over your dog for lumps and bumps. Find out where those lymph nodes are. Feel those mammary glands. And twice a year for an older pet, go ahead and have your veterinarian do some diagnostic screening just so that we can detect these things early. And oh, the dental. I'm so excited that you mentioned dental because I love doing dentistry and getting all in those mouths and cleaning and checking everything. So at least once a year, your pet needs dental care. So talk with your veterinarian about that. Exactly. So Dr. Sue, you you alluded a little bit to some things that you have. I want to tell my listeners how to find you and how to be able to learn from you. I know you mentioned your YouTube uh, video, but can you give us some more specific ways we can find you? Yeah, so the three main places that I would direct you are my Facebook page. There I do monthly Q&As where, you know, pet owners can ask questions. And then those, the easiest way to find those videos after the fact are usually on YouTube because they're sort of categorized by categories. On YouTube, I have a lot of vlogs so you can kind of see what goes on behind the scenes when a pet comes in for cancer therapy. I have lots of informational videos about where are my dog's lymph nodes, you know, what supplements could my pet be on if they have cancer? What medication should they be on if they're going through chemo? So YouTube would be the other place. And then my website is always a good resource, drsuecancervet.com. And, you know, you can find out where I'm speaking. You can find all my videos there and just, you know, a good overview of all the things. And I do another good thing on the website is I have a pet resources section where you can find skin maps so you can keep track of those lumps and bumps, chemotherapy information sheets. So lots of good information in the pet resource section on my website. Well, this has been so awesome. And I will try to make it easy for the pet owners to find those links on the website with this episode. But I just thank you so much for coming. I love for you to come and I always learn something. And also, I want to thank my listeners for taking the time out to learn more about how to take care of their dogs in the best way possible. 
and our terrific producer, Mark Winter, and Dr. Sue Ettinger. It's fun. It's always fun. Thank you so much for having me. Well, you guys all just go out there and raise the rough. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.